0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Well, good afternoon. Welcome to August 1st, 2023, and also welcome to Washington Watch this evening. I'm Jody Heiss, the Senior Vice President at the Family Research Council, and an honor to be filling in for Tony this evening, and thrilled also to have you on board with us as well. Of course, there's been a lot of media attention and coverage about the House Oversight Committee's closed-door interview with former Hunter Biden business, business partner Devin Archer. And while there still continues to be bits and pieces coming out since then, the full transcript is not expected to come out until later in the week. And so we're going to reserve some of our time to wait until the manuscript comes out. And at that point, we'll be sure to cover all that is disclosed in that transcript. But in the meantime, there's plenty of news to cover. And as you well know, our mission is to keep you informed as to what's happening from a Christian worldview perspective. So let's begin with some of the highlights. Yesterday, President Biden announced his decision to keep the U.S. Space Command headquarters in Colorado Springs instead of following through with the previous Air Force decision to move it to Huntsville, Huntsville, Alabama. Well, the White House claims that the move was not at all driven by politics.
2: This was really a decision based on one thing and one thing only for the president, and
1: that was operational readiness. Uh, He took the inputs uh, of many leaders across the Department of Defense, but when it came down to it, he believes that it's in the best national security interests of the country if we leave Space Command in Colorado. Well, that was White House national security spokesperson John Kirby on CNN earlier today. But the question is, can we really believe what he's saying? Well, I'll be discussing this with Congressman Rich McCormick in just a little while. I'll also be speaking with him about an undercover Chinese bio lab in California that's recently been discovered with mice that were engineered to spread COVID. Unreal. Speaking of China, I'll be joined a little bit later in the program with China expert Gordon Chang to talk about the growing threat of the chinese communist party's infiltration inside the u.s borders it's a lot more widespread than most people think as was recently highlighted in a bombshell report that showed how chinese propaganda is being pushed into the u.s public schools so i'll be joined also with the head of an organization that published that report nikki neely of parents defending education will be joining me We'll also talk about some of the other documents that her group has uncovered on how teachers at one Tennessee school district are literally being trained to be prejudiced. You don't want to miss that. And speaking of education, the self-described pro-choice left is apparently not for choice when it comes to schools. A lawsuit has now been filed against the Oklahoma Statewide Virtual Charter School Board.
3: The archdiocese has every right to run a private religious school on its own dime, like many such schools across the state. But that is a far cry from a state-approved public school, which must be non-religious and open to all and funded directly with taxpayer dollars.
1: Well, that was Daniel Mock with the ACLU, which filed the lawsuit. I'll be discussing this with Oklahoma State School Superintendent Ryan Walters, as well as FRC's Meg Kilgannon. So, friends, we've got a packed show. And let me remind you, as always, our website is TonyPerkins.com. A lot of fantastic resources there for you, as well as, of course, archives of any program that you may miss, or even if you miss portion of this evening's program. You can catch it there at TonyPerkins.com. All right, let's jump into the program for this evening. The White House is denying that politics played a role of any kind in the president's decision to keep the U.S. Space Command headquarters in Colorado instead of moving it to Alabama. And while many suspect that Alabama's pro-life laws, along with Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville's stand against the Pentagon's off uh, unlawful abortion policies, people are saying uh, uh, some are saying that had nothing to do with it. Others are saying that had everything to do with it. White House national security spokesperson John Kirby said that it all boiled down to operational readiness, pure and simple. Well, should we believe that? Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Rich McCormick. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee, as well as the Foreign Affairs Committee and the Committee on Science, Space and Technology. He's a master at all of this. He's also a decorated veteran and an emergency physician who represents the 6th Congressional District of the great state of Georgia. Dr. McCormick, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to see you. Great to see you too, Jody. Well thank you so much. All right, let's jump into this. Uh, The fact is Huntsville scored much higher than Colorado Springs according to the Government Accountability Office uh, and the criteria that they had. In fact, the top three choices for the Space Command headquarters were all in red states. There was Alabama, Nebraska and Texas. Colorado didn't even come close. So what do you make of the White House's claim that the deciding factor here is all operational readiness, pure and simple?
3: Well, this isn't the first time we've been misled by the president, certainly. Uh, Won't be the last time either, unfortunately. I think we're definitely playing politics. I think that the fact is that Alabama is the right place to be. Uh, he doesn't like it because it has pro-life legislation there, because uh, he has a certain senator he doesn't like right now. And I think that's what he's doing right now. But in, in the end, I really want to make sure that we we honor uh, the science, space, the technology committee, as well as the space program that we're keeping people safe and sound. Uh, this too shall pass. We're going to have other presidents. Hopefully we get this righted over time. But uh, uh, on the big scheme of things, I think we'll we'll get over it.
1: Well, we will get over it in the long term. I, I, I certainly agree with that. But right now, it, it's a headache. And the thing, that, the thing that really bothers me is the Biden administration in recent weeks has been talking a lot about readiness. Uh, and, and, you know, what's your take on the actions of this administration? And, and I specified the actions of this administration versus the words of this administration as it pertains to military readiness.
3: When they talk about readiness, they're talking about wokeness. Uh, their idea of readiness is getting people uh, divided over racial lines, uh, making sure that people are focused on the wrong things. Uh, their idea of readiness has nothing to do with what what I think is readiness. When we talk about readiness in the Marine Corps, we talk about our ability to locate, close with, and destroy the enemy through fire maneuver, or to repel the enemy's assault through fire and close combat. That's readiness. That's what we should be training for. Unfortunately, a lot of the military training now is focused around uh, identifying people by what they look like, what their religion is, what their gender is, all the things that divide us rather than the things that unite us. When I was in the Marine Corps, it was all about shades of green and we all bled red and we all had a mission to accomplish and that's all that mattered. Were you prepared to do that? Uh, This administration has shown that they are focused on anything but that, unfortunately, and that's hurting recruiting. Uh, It's one of the reasons that my oldest son recently decided he was not going to apply for the Marine Corps, because he doesn't like where the military is going. He doesn't like the way that the Biden administration is focused on the wrong things and, quite frankly, doesn't want to put his life on the line if that's their focus.
1: Yeah, and it's those things that you just bring to light that really impacts the readiness of our military. It is is not— these other, let me give you, let me give you, uh, th- throw this ball your way. Uh, American readiness, I believe, and I believe you would agree, has certainly declined. On the other hand, China continues to increase their readiness dramatically. Uh, in your opinion, has this administration taken its eye off the ball?
3: Uh, 100%. Uh, if you look at, uh, I, I just made a bet with the Sergeant Major of the Army. Last year, over uh, the recruitment goals, they stated they were going to make the recruitment goals. I knew because of the climate of the military, we were not going to. He owes me 100 push-ups. I'm going to collect on that for sure. Uh, we definitely aren't in the Marine Corps with our amphibious assault uh, uh, shipping. Uh, we are definitely need, underfunded when it comes to upgrading our military. Uh, we're underprepared to prepare if we go into a, a ship-building uh, war. Uh, right now, they have— about 25 times more capacity to build the largest aircraft carriers and submarines than we do. Uh, they've invested in their military. They've upgraded their military. Uh, they're at least even with us, if not ahead of us in, in cyber warfare. And uh, we have a long ways to go when it comes to this uh, new enemy that's really trying to outpace us, investing heavily in their military capabilities and espionage and spy and stealing our technology left and right, we're educating some of their best students and then sending them back to China. We're not taking this seriously at all.
1: Well, frankly, I wish that was one bet that you had lost, but I'm with you, I'm not at all surprised that we lost that. I mean, the recruiting has been horrible, and there's reasons for that, just as you illustrated with your own son but it's not just the military threat that's coming from China. Uh, they are posing threats in so many so many other areas. And I wanted to get your take on this. I'm sure you saw it recently uh, discovered in California was an undercover bio lab that reportedly contained mice that were engineered to spread COVID. I mean, and, and by the way, it was in an area right beside our uh, a huge Navy base there. Uh, so I, you can just imagine if these rice, if get, get on a... Uh, An aircraft carrier for example and china wants to invade taiwan i mean the the consequences of this type of thing it's unbelievable and china is doing all this stuff what's your reaction to that
3: biolab well this goes back to first of all the origins of the coronavirus where it came from Uh, you can see that anthony fauci absolutely lied when he was talking about the origins we saw the email trails We've seen the science behind this. Look, I'm an ER doc. I've served during the entire pandemic. I know basic science, and this is basic science. We know the Wuhan lab was planning to study this and develop it. Uh, they got out of control whether it was on purpose or not. We don't really know, but we do know that they destroyed evidence. They did not allow us to go in and have a proper investigation. People disappeared. There is no evidence of any reservoirs of this disease in any dog species, cat species, bat species, or any other species despite Herculean efforts by the Chinese government to obtain exactly that. Now we find this lab in, uh, in California with dead mice, infected mice, all kinds of syringes and disease processes, everything from herpes to coronavirus, uh, this is going to be a very interesting investigation. It just came out. I think we're we're not done with the investigation. I'm very much interested to see if the uh, special subcommittee on coronavirus gets to uh, actually have a hearing with these people in- investigating uh, that lab and seeing what they're actually up to. And if they do get linked to the Chinese government, what we're going to do uh, as repercussions is to punish the Chinese government for all the egregious things they've done to not only the United States, but the entire world. They need to be held accountable.
1: Absolutely. Well, listen, we, our time is uh, rapidly getting away from us. But before I let you go, you served personally in Afghanistan. It was uh, uh, this month, two years ago, that we all witnessed the Biden administration's botched withdrawal from the country. And last week, the Foreign Affairs Subcommittee that you serve on had a hearing examining this. Uh, real quickly, can you tell us what you heard? What stood out in that hearing?
3: Uh, The fact, uh, the one thing that really stood out to me is how many senior level uh, military people actually said, this is not a good idea. The way we're executing this is wrong. It's going to end poorly. And yet the Biden administration totally ignored it. Uh, Multiple military uh, officials that are not even named so far uh, have have been cited as these anonymous emails that have been blacked out. But we know that over 20 senior military officials were against the way it was going to be executed. We had several actually testify in front of us including uh, special force guys, and, and they, they literally told their command officers uh, that this is a bad idea, it was going to go poorly. Uh, I, I'll tell you, when I witnessed what happened uh, from far, far away, uh, it was one of the worst days, uh, quite frankly, in my entire life. I was emotional. Uh, it, was, it was horrible to watch. Uh, five of the young men who died that day um, were, were the same age as my own and, and I And I hate to see that we, we need to have better accountability, and that plan was absolutely horrible, and it starts at the top.
1: Thank you, Congressman Dr. Rich McCormick. We appreciate you joining us on the program this evening. All right, friends, coming up, uh, the president of Parents Defending Education joins me to discuss some shocking discoveries. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Jody Heiss. Glad to have you on board with us today. All right, public schools all across the country are just a few days away from starting a new school year, and teachers are no doubt getting ready, as are the students. But preparation these days isn't just about curriculum and school supplies. Preparation for some teachers now involves literally being trained to be prejudiced. That's really the best way to describe uh, what one school system in Tennessee was caught doing this summer. Well, joining me now to talk about this and more is Nikki Neely, the founder and president of Parents Defending Education, which is the group that uncovered what happened in Tennessee. Nikki, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you.
5: Thank you for having me.
1: Our pleasure as always. Well, listen, first of all, thank you for all that you are doing, all that you have done. To protect children in the classrooms. But now I, I look at this, this is a, a bombshell discovery that, that you have uncovered. Tell us about the documents that you obtained through this uh, public requ- uh, records request.
5: Sure. So this is for the Clarksville School District in Tennessee. And as you said, this is a teacher training program. The district took pains to stress that this was voluntary. But at the end of the day, what these materials say is they encourage teachers administrators to discriminate they break students into two groups oppressors and oppressed and unsurprisingly when you look at the oppressor group it's christian male uh cisgender which means uh, you identify with the body into which you were born and the oppressed include include things like you know lgbt minority um, polyamorous and so really not only trying to pit people against each other but also trying to normalize some questionable behavior if we can say that
1: I think that's a great point that it's really a dual purpose going on one to to uh, attack one group white Christians you specifically mentioned while at the other uh, on the other hand normalizing uh, the these phenomenal uh, unbelievable, uh, quite frankly, uh, disgusting type lifestyles that are trying to be normalized in our country. Let, let me ask you this, though, in, in light of what you have found, when it comes to the labeling of certain people as being privileged uh, and, and certain people, on the other hand, as being oppressed, aren't what we really talking about is in and of itself encouraging prejudice?
5: Absolutely. Um, I really resent the fact that we have school administrators, public officials that are trying to put people into buckets and make sure that they are, you know, considered members of identity groups and not seen as individuals. I mean, my family on my dad's side is Japanese. My grandparents met in an internment camp. My grandfather's family was hugely patriotic. My grandmother's family refused to sign the loyalty oath and lost their American citizenship and moved back to Japan. That's the diversity that exists in just one family. So to look at me and say, you know what, you're Asian, you have yellow skin, you think this way, I think is a disservice to me as well as to my ancestors. And the fact that we have this being done to us with our tax dollars is truly insult to injury.
1: It really is. So, uh, listen, I want to switch gears, but but before I do that, are you seeing any movement now that this has become public? Has there uh, been an about face of any uh, sort in the, the school district there?
5: No about face from the school district, but we did flag it for a number of state officials. So we hope that they will be taking action on it, and we will be following up with them if they do not, because this is not an appropriate use of tax dollars. This is not what our teachers should be learning. They should be learning how to teach children to learn more effectively, um, not teaching teachers how to divide each other and to condescend to students.
1: Well, absolutely. And that's why we're so grateful that you've got your pulse on this. We know you won't let go of it. Uh, But switching gears, if I can, Mickey, last week, your organization released yet another bombshell report that shows a startling amount of influence from the Chinese Communist Party in our schools, specifically K through 12. Tell us what you found out.
5: Yes, I think a lot of your viewers are probably familiar with Confucius Institutes. Those are the programs that occurred at the higher education level. And it's something that, under the Trump administration, Secretaries Betsy DeVos and Pompeo were able to rein in because, thanks to the Higher Education Act, there is mandatory transparency of foreign funding in higher education. Frighteningly, no such transparency requirements exist in the K 12 level. And so we started looking into this in March when we identified over a million dollars flowing to a high school in Northern Virginia, the Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. And when we found that, we thought, well, is this taking place elsewhere? And if so, where and how much? And after four months, we've identified 143 school districts across America. But frighteningly, I think this is only the tip of the iceberg. And so um, there's a lot more out there and we can we intend to continue following, following on this this up.
1: Well, and regardless of what people think, uh, one way or the other, the opposition here is not about uh, teaching students uh, about Chinese language or teaching students about the culture programs. I mean, we are talking here about American schools that are giving the Chinese Communist Party unfettered access to our children. Isn't that what we're talking about?
5: absolutely this is certainly not to impugn all chinese language or culture programs whatsoever we're just saying parents should know who is funding and who is teaching our students particularly if they come from a hostile nation so that parents can make an informed decision whether they want their children to participate in these programs or not some of the contracts that we saw gave the chinese government hanban their international kind of influence operation oversight and control over curriculum over teachers that came over Certainly no teacher is going to be able to come over from the People's Republic of China without checking all of the ideological boxes by the Communist Party. And so to us, those are concerning things. And we want parents to know so that they can decide whether this is a fit for their family or not.
1: Yeah. And I would imagine with that, this is yet another one of those examples that they don't want parents to know what's going on. So what do we do here? What, What do state and federal officials need to be doing to help correct this?
5: Certainly. We reached out to many of your former colleagues in the House and Senate. Um, We sent letters to seven House and Senate committees last week, including the China Select Committee and the Foreign Affairs Committees in both chambers, asking them to investigate this. Representative Jim Banks from Indiana already sent a letter to Secretary Cardona asking for an investigation. And we've also reached out to all of the governors, asking them to wrap their hands around this, because at the end of the day, the, the governors have oversight over their education systems in their state.
1: Have you heard back from any of them yet?
5: Unfortunately not, but I'm going to chalk it up to August recess, and we're going to be following up with them when they get back in September.
1: Well, Nikki Neely, Parents Defending Education, thank you so much for the incredible work that you do, and thank you for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, friends, coming up, there's more on the growing threat of China's infiltration of American society. And you don't want to miss it. I'll be speaking with China expert Gordon Chang to discuss the many other ways that the Chinese Communist Party is working to win its war against America. You don't want to miss it. Stick around. We'll be right back right after this break.
4: Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion.
6: Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Jody Heiss. Hope you're having a fantastic day. All right, in the last couple of segments, we've talked about some of the threats posed by the Chinese Communist Party, but there's a whole lot more. Friends, a whole lot more. The threats are growing under this administration, which has only been showing weakness on the world stage. Take just for example, the southern border where we've seen obviously record numbers of illegal immigrants crossing the border since uh, President Biden took office. But the number of Chinese nationals being encountered on the U.S. southern border is exploding. And like many things coming out of China, uh, that ought to be reason for great concern. Well, joining me now to discuss this is Gordon Chang. He's a distinguished uh, senior fellow At the Gatestone Institute, he's the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. You can follow him on Twitter or X, whatever it is now, under the handle at Gordon G. Chang. You want to be sure to do that. Gordon, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Thank you so much, Jody. Well, listen, you know, I, I look at just, for example, I mentioned it briefly, what's happening on the southern border. But just as an example, in 2020... The number of Chinese nationals encountered by U.S. Border Patrol at our southern border was 342, 342 in 2020. So far this year alone, it's over 12,000.
2: What's going on here? Well, most of the people coming across are are who they say they are. And that is they're just desperate Chinese who have given up on their country. But in that number are disturbing um individuals. We're seeing um, packs of males between 5 and 15 in number of military age, unaccompanied by family groups who pretend not to speak English. We know some of them are performing Chinese military rituals. And we also know that from Border Patrol, that some of them have known links to the Chinese military. And so what we are seeing in all probability are saboteurs. These are the guys who are going to be assassinating officials, blowing up power stations, starting wildfires, detonating bombs in shopping centers to create terror. These are the people who are going to wage war on the United States of America.
1: Wow, and uh, maybe even some bio labs in California, who knows where else. Uh, You you recently wrote a piece uh, entitled Do Not Let China Attack America From America. I think that really is what you're talking about right now. Take take this a little further. What do you mean by that?
2: There are so many different ways that China plans to wage war and actually is waging war on America right now because China has this doctrine of unrestricted warfare, which means it can do anything it wants. So there's political warfare, which has been going on for decades, Jody. And part of it is uh, we have the Confucius Institutes on university and college campuses But even more pernicious, we have the Confucius classrooms in our secondary schools. These are nominally run by China's Ministry of Education, but really are run by the Communist Party's United Front Work Department, which means that they are meant to subvert the United States. But also we have the saboteurs. We have that very suspicious lab that was raided in March near Fresno. Um, and there they found about a thousand white lab mice who were genetically engineered to transmit disease. They found uh, 20 different types of pathogens. Um, This really, I think, is one of those locations where saboteurs were going to go um, in anticipation of a war um, to spread disease.
1: It's uh, horrifying to consider that, and and from what I've read on that, they, they we discovered that solely by accident. I mean, we we didn't suspect it happening. Who knows how many other places that type of bio lab may be occurring throughout the United States? So I, I do want to go for what you were just referencing about the schools. I just previous segment was talking a little bit about that. I want to go further with you about it. But before I do, the piece that we're referring to, you actually quoted a NATO official who talked about how the CCP intends to win its war on America without fighting us. So this is not just your opinion. We have NATO officials saying the same thing.
2: Yes. Um, Kerry Gershonik, the official you're referring to, um, has been at the forefront of warning about China's political warfare campaign against the United States. Um, And he says, and he's absolutely right about this, this campaign is comprehensive. Um, China is overwhelming us. Uh, and clearly, we are not able to defend ourselves. I mean, our FBI is being overwhelmed. Local law enforcement overwhelmed. State and local governments, federal government, they're all overwhelmed. And really, what we have right now is China being much more influential in the United States than Americans in their own country.
1: Yeah. So, uh, look, we've only got, uh, unfortunately, about a minute left here Uh, But the whole school, we are, my previous guest, Nikki Neely, a Parents uh, defending education, we're talking about how the Chinese Communist Party is infiltrating K-12. This is extremely serious uh, with us. So just kind of bottom line, what does the United States need to do right now, real quickly, in the face of these challenges that we're facing from the CCP?
2: Remove every Confucius Institute, every Confucius Classroom, close the remaining four consulates, strip the embassy staff in Washington just down to the ambassador, close the Chinese state banks and enterprises, get the Chinese regime out of America, because they're winning and we're losing our country.
1: Yeah, and I wish we had time to go, go into this, but we have a president that, for all practical purposes, appears to be exceedingly compromised with China
2: whose family has received millions of dollars from China. And that's an admission from Hunter Biden from the middle of March, where his spokesperson said they received, quote, good faith seed funds, which is an admission of corruption, because corruption is the only explanation why they would have received that money. And we saw another admission from Hunter Biden just a couple of days ago in federal court.
1: Got to leave it right there. Gordon Chang, thank you so much for joining us on Washington Watch. We're grateful. All right, friends, grateful, coming up, the, the self-described pro-choice left is not for choice when it comes to schools we'll talk about the latest attack after the break stay tuned
6: are you prepared to pray vote and stand for biblical truth it is imperative that christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth this means that christians must be intentional about seeking after the lord in all things You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation to stand for truth and to seek the Lord first, just go to prayvote stand.org. Again, that's pray, vote, stand.org
0: FRC Celebrating 40 Years with Congressman Dan Bishop.
6: You guys are more important in my daily life in D.C. than you can possibly imagine. I appreciate what you do for all Americans who are of faith and who want to see their faith consistent with and, and respected by government in Washington. We have an important task. It's not always easy. Uh, but every day that you're there doing what you do makes it more makes it easier and more possible for me to do what I do. Thank you.
1: And thank you, Congressman Dan Bishop from North Carolina. We appreciate your comments and happy fortieth anniversary to the Family Research Council. What an incredible organization, and I echo. Those comments from Dan Bishop, and I know many of you do as well. So we are excited to have this 40th anniversary. We ask you to come celebrate it with us on the upcoming Pray Vote Stand Summit in D.C. coming up in September. All right. The left loves to talk about being pro-choice or a woman's right to choose abortion and all these sorts of things, but they really are not pro-choice on so many things. They don't want you to have a choice about your health care. for example. We saw that years ago. They don't want you having a choice about disagreeing with them. They would rather cancel you out. Well, there's another kind of choice that the left does not want you to have, and that is school choice. Well, yesterday a public school advocacy organization called the Oklahoma Parent Legislative Action Committee which, by the way, consists largely of teachers' union members, they filed a lawsuit against the Oklahoma Statewide Virtual Charter School Board. They claimed that the board there violated the state's constitution when it approved the first virtual religious charter school, the St. Isidore of Seville Catholic Virtual School. In essence, it's the first taxpayer funded religious charter school. Well, Here now to discuss this with me is Ryan Walters, Oklahoma State School Superintendent. Superintendent Walters, welcome back to Washington Watch. Great to have you again.
7: Thank you for having me, and thank you for shining a light on this issue where we, again, we see radical leftists that are attacking the parents' right to choose a religious school if they want to for their children. We're always going to defend a parent's right to make that decision. And again, we see the left trying to take that decision away from parents, and we're not going to stand for it.
1: Well, listen, I saw a statement from you this morning that uh, literally, I mean, it almost made me uh, jump out of my chair for excitement uh, when, when you basically said that this lawsuit uh, against the St. Isidore uh, School is that it, 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 what, what they, these people are pushing for is atheism as a state-sponsored religion. Please uh, unpack that further for us.
7: Absolutely. So what we see here is this myth of separation of church and state that the left has used to weaponize the state to attack the religious beliefs. And honestly, just to be even more frank, Christianity and the church, that's what they are doing with the myth of separation of church and state. They are trying to use it to create atheism as a state-sponsored religion by saying no mention of God can be present, no religious actors can be present, and we are going to flush all of this out of the school system. We're going to literally go in and rewrite history, take out references to God, references to faith, references to the church. It is this is a war on Christianity and the religious liberties that our founders enshrined in the Constitution. So that's where we are going to be clear on this. We are going to defend religious liberty. We will not allow state government or federal government to be weaponized against Christians.
1: Well, I could not, absolutely could not agree with you more. Uh, I I just regret that all 50 states don't have uh, school superintendents who understand this like you do. Now, you are in the midst of this right here in Oklahoma. Uh, On the one hand, who would ever imagine that this type of battle would come to Oklahoma in the first place? But on the other hand, for other states to have their head in the sand and somehow believe this is not coming to my state, Uh, what would you say to them?
7: Oh, it's coming to your state. It's present in your state. We are in a very red state here in Oklahoma. We're a very conservative state. But what we've seen is the left-wing radicals utilize the apparatuses of the teachers' union to push, bully, um, and intimidate lawmakers and schools into allowing left wing ideology into allowing these attacks on schools, and frankly, they threaten these lawsuits. I, I mean, they threaten a lawsuit on me nearly every day. I mean, you got the same actors it's the ACLU, it's the Freedom from Religion Insti- Institution or organization, whatever their name is. But you know, what they're trying to do is they try to scare schools, they try to scare elected officials into backing this state sponsored atheism. And the reality is. The founders were clear. Faith played a huge role in what made this country exceptional. We have to protect religious liberties of every individual so that they can practice and exercise their religion. This is fundamental. If this country is going to continue to be the greatest country in the history of the world, faith must be protected through religious liberty. We have to defend this. It doesn't matter how red your state is. The federal government and these radical left wing groups are absolutely working together in this war on faith, this war on Christianity. You must find the ways to fight back, find the ways to empower families to be more engaged in their schools, find ways for them to choose the school of their choice that includes religious options. Make sure that the state is not being weaponized to push the religious community in our churches out of our schools. Because again, if they're able to control and indoctrinate our kids, I mean, th- this is over. I mean, we have to be able to allow our kids to exercise religious beliefs. They need to understand the founding of this country and the, fa- and the role that, play th- uh, that faith played. And they need to understand the principles that made this country great, or we're not going to continue to be a great country.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, I, just while you were talking, I go back to even George Washington's farewell address where he made it very clear. Religion and morality are indispensable supports. To our entire system of governments, and he went on and said, you basically, you can't consider yourself a patriot if you don't understand the role of religion and morality. And for us to no longer teach that, for us to no longer pass that baton from one generation to the next is not only damaging uh, for those individuals, but for the health and the well-being of our country as a whole. All right, uh, just real quick, one more uh, question for you. Uh, Seeing this battle has come to you in Oklahoma, what advice do you give to other state school uh, superintendents across the country who, like you, are tired of the left running every facet of our educational system?
7: Be bold. Move quickly. You have to have a sense of urgency. We have kids in our school systems that are being indoctrinated. We have to get this course corrected immediately for the future of every individual child and for the future of the country Empower every parent with school choice. Make sure that they have rights in their school so that they control what their kids are being taught. Make sure the teachers' unions' power is minimized. The teachers' union should not be running education. Parents should. And then, lastly, make sure that you've got good curriculum in our schools that support our history. Our kids should be inspired by this nation's history. Our kids should understand the primary documents, those 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 founding resources and documents. Because again, as you just quoted, if you read our history, there's no denying the role faith played. But again, what the left is trying to do is they're trying to take those parts out of our history. They're trying to have our kids dumbed down so that they don't understand the role faith plays, and they're trying to weaponize the state against. Our religious beliefs. So this is where you have to act boldly. You have to take powers out of the hands of bureaucrats and unions, put them in the hands of parents and defend religious liberties.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Oklahoma School Superintendent Ryan Walters. You're a hero. We love you. Thank God for you. Keep the torch ablaze, my friend. All right. I I, I want to continue this uh, conversation uh, and move over to Meg Kilgannon. She is FRC's Senior Fellow for Educational Studies uh, and Meg served at the uh, U- U.S. Department of Education with the Trump administration. And so we welcome Meg Kilgannon back to the program. Thanks for joining us.
8: It's great to be here, Jody. Thanks for having me.
1: Always great to have you. All right, are you at all surprised that the Oklahoma Parent Legislative Action Committee uh, is, is doing what they're doing? predominantly here, we're talking members of the teachers union. Are you surprised at all at what they're doing?
8: I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised that they're claiming to represent parents and hiding the fact that they're mostly represent teachers unions. And I'm not surprised at all that this is that they are they are holding this example up as if the state of Oklahoma is going to fire every teacher and replace them with a priest or a nun in the classroom. I mean, you would think that, you know, that it was just the end of, of anything reasonable happening in Oklahoma. And that is just not at all the case. They are giving parents the option to perhaps, if they so choose, enroll their children in a charter school with a Catholic foundation. And if, if you could just indulge me, I'd like to read to you a prayer that's um, about St. Isidore, the name, who is the, the school is named after. It's Almighty and Eternal God, who created us in thy image and bade us to seek after all that is good, true, and beautiful, especially that only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, grant we beseech thee that through the intercession of St. Isidore, bishop and doctor, during our journeys through the Internet, we will direct our hands and our eyes only to that which is pleasing to you and treat with charity and patience all the souls that we encounter there. Through Christ our Lord, amen. So. Wow. You had, the, you had your conversation with Nikki earlier where she talked about oppressors and oppressed and the glorification of all kinds of just degeneracy and just ridiculousness, right? Or you could choose this. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, what is the thread in to, that? We have, to, we have to pay for the degeneracy, right? Nobody's giving you an option on that one. That's in the school right now if you're going to public schools. Um, but this, they don't even want this beautiful faithful option for parents that they could choose so this oh. is the this is the time that we live in this is the battle that we face we must, you know, they, they we, we need to make it our purpose to get rid of the degeneracy. I'm not happy with just this choice, though it is an accomplishment, right? I'm very pleased that we're gonna have this choice and I'm very glad that Oklahoma is, is laying down this marker and attempting to set the standard to make this an option. But we have Absolutely. to remember also that we can't tolerate this nonsense that we have in the schools right now because it is literally deforming the minds of generations of children,
1: well, and that's what you get when you have uh, atheism being pushed as a state-sponsored religion. So, uh, you know, just with that, so, so, what's your take on their argument of separation of church and state?
8: I, I it, th- this isn't, this isn't mandating a religious instruction throughout the school system. This is merely offering to parents an option for a religious kind of instruction if they would like to have it. So I don't see any issue with the separation of church and state. What the real issue is they don't want to give up their power (laughs) over all the schools.
1: That's right. They don't want to give up their power, and they they want to keep pushing atheism. Let me me, uh, pull up a clip, clip number three. This is Oklahoma's uh, governor uh, when he was asked about the lawsuit.
7: I think more options, more school options are good and healthy, and I think that's what Oklahomans want. Parents want to influence and they want to be involved in their kids' lives. We need more parent involvement.
1: What do you think to that?
8: I totally agree. We do need more parent involvement. Um, Parents love their children. They have the best interests of their children in mind. Um, We want schools that that are creating uh, an environment that encourages family formation and encourages a true partnership with parents. We are the primary educators of our children. Right. So the fact that they are going to in Oklahoma dare to imagine the possibility of an option for parents that includes religious faith, I think, is a wonderful, wonderful development. And I hope we see much more of it.
1: Uh, So, so, Meg, let me ask you this. I don't know of anyone who can address this any better than you, but for those parents all across the country right now who still have their kids in public schools, how should they respond to what's happening in the children's classrooms across the country, be it Oklahoma or anywhere else in the country for that matter?
8: Well, we, we all, whether you have children in school or not, you we all have to pray for, for families, for kids, for kids in school. You really need to be as a, as engaged as you can possibly be. Check the backpacks, read the textbooks, get their passwords for their online accounts. Don't just accept the parent password that the school issues you. Make your kid give you the their password and look at what they're doing in their classes if they have an online component, which most do now. You really have to go the extra mile to be engaged as a parent these days because the education our children are being given now bears very little to no resemblance to the one that we received, maybe even in the very same school building. So there's just no no substitute for being engaged. If you can get your kids out of public schools, that's probably the best thing to do, unfortunately, right now. But we can't just remove our own kids. We need to insert ourselves into the system that so desperately needs the love and the joy and the hope that comes from a Christian worldview.
1: Uh, Meg, let me ask you this. We've got about 30 seconds or so left here, but uh, FRC has some great resources and FRC Action as well. Uh, for parents on issues of education, tell us in 30 seconds what some of those resources are and how people can find them.
8: Well, you can find some educational information on our website at frc.org, but our school board boot camp is at frcaction.org/schools. And um, I think it's time for people to pray about possibly running for school board or other offices, so that we can, you know, take our country back.
1: Absolutely. Meg Kilgannon, always great to have you on the program. Thank you for the incredible work that you do. Thank you for unpacking it for us this evening here on Washington Watch. Thanks, Jody. All right, friends, unfortunately, that wraps up our hour. It flies by, but thank you for being a part of it. It's our honor to bring you the news from a Christian perspective. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.